You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic. Welcome to the Reimagined Radio Astro Show, where brain science meets astrology and the law of attraction. I'm your host, Janet Dalgleish. Please join me to find out why your astrology matters, what it has to do with your brain, and how to wrap the whole thing up in law of attraction. Because once you know this stuff, it becomes so much easier to live a life that is joyfully resonant with who you truly are. Hi everyone, it's Janet Dalgleish here for Reimagined Radio with some Astro Talk. Um, it's lovely to be here and it's kind of making me laugh. Um, I'm sitting in my office looking out the window at a very grey and gloomy sky as I talk to you about sun. <laughs> so it's nice to be reminded that there is such a thing as the sun. Um, I want to talk about sun today. Um, this is the sign that um, in, in astrology, most of us know our sun sign. This is the one that we look up in the newspaper and the one that we tell people when we say I'm a Gemini or I'm a Pisces whatever it might be this is where the sun this is where the sun was placed at the moment of your birth and um, and there's a reason that it's the one that most of us know about it's the one that there are astrologers who only work with the sun they don't look at anything else in a chart they just look at the sun placement because what the sun represents for us is our sense of overarching purpose in life. So this covers basically everything. It's a really broad canvas. It's like the fire that fuels our inspiration. Um, and the, the, the reality is for many of us that um, this, where our sun is placed can sometimes be an indicator uh, that especially if we if we don't know how to live our purpose, it can be a, a source of pain. It can feel, you know, our purpose can feel distant or even inaccessible. Um, and I think this is kind of interesting. I know when I was 15, I was in so much pain about my uh, lack of clarity about my purpose in, in all kinds of areas that I considered leaving the planet because it was just too hard for me. And um, thankfully I didn't because <laughs> things got better as they do. Um, but the truth is we get told by gurus of all kinds, whether it's in business or in relationship or in, you know, our relationship with our bodies, whatever it might be, we kind of get told a lot that it really matters that if we want to achieve whatever we want to achieve, we have to know our purpose. We have to know why we're doing it. It's all about the why. And unless you're one of the lucky ones who has had crystal clarity all the time, right from the beginning, and there are people who have that, being told you have to find your purpose, is, is, it can be kind of counterproductive. <laughs> it can actually make it feel harder. So, um, so that's one thing I want to talk about today is to, is, to, is to have a look at how we can soothe that a little bit, how we can sort of get comfortable with this um, relationship with our sense of purpose. Because um, the, the, re the reality is you came here, we all of us came here with, um, with clarity and purpose and vision and a bunch of stuff we wanted to play with, a bunch of adventures we wanted to have, whatever it might be. And then all of us in various different ways and for various different reasons, we all of us got taught a bunch of stuff. Uh, some of it was helpful and some of it not so much. We picked up things like self-doubt. We picked up things like boys do some things well, girls do other things well. We picked up rules about how things ought to be in 
for based on your age you know you're not old enough to know that yet oh but you're too old to do that all of these things kind of get bundled up together and we develop what um, different people have different terms for it but you know you'll hear it talked about as the social self um, you'll hear it talked about as smallness that sense of this this chatter of voices in our head telling us that we can't do things for whatever reason. And when that chatter is loud enough, it's, it's really, really good at masking our sense of purpose. And what happens is that our sense of purpose becomes a source of pain when we can't access it. So I wanna, um, uh, uh, the, one of the things I think is really helpful to start out is to look at the symbol for the sun. Because I think that symbol actually kind of sums up uh, the characteristics of sun, but also some of the solutions, some of the strategies that we can use. So the sun in astrology, the, the glyph or the symbol that represents the sun is very simple. It's a circle, a, a perfect circle. And at the center of the circle, there is a dot. So the dot is right at the center of the circle. So that means it's balanced. It's symmetrical. It doesn't matter which way up you look at it, it still looks the same. So there's a sort of consistency to it. It can't ever be upside down. It's always this, the right way up, no matter what. It's always the same, um, the same viewpoint. So it's consistent, it's stable when you look at it. Um, it looks a little bit like a target. You know, you've got the ring around the outside, the circle around the outside, and then you've got the dot in the center. It's like a bullseye. And when we think about the sun and what it's and how it, um, you know, its its um, style, if you like, uh, the sun is related to the to the element of fire, and there's this sense of radiance around it. So it's it's effulgent, it's radiant, it's majestical. Um, whether we're talking about the astronomical sun, which is obviously a huge ball of gas. Um, uh, or whether we're talking about it as a symbol, there is this sense of fire. And fire is something that is, it provides fuel. It provides a fuel to inspire us, a fuel to help us, um, to sort of power us up. And there is a seed of yearning hidden within. There is this seed of yearning within the, within the sun, wherever it is in our chart, there's this seed of yearning. And when we come to that yearning, from the perspective of our true self, you know, our most authentic and powerful self, that yearning, it guides us, it inspires us, it, it draws us forward. It, it, um, it's enticing and alluring. It's like a magnet. So when we are really resonant with ourselves, it's like we are, we are focused purely on that dot in the center of the circle there and we move forward and we hit the bullseye and it feels great. It's that sense of purpose fulfilled. That feels awesome. But when we are in doubt, when we feel self-doubt uh, or when we hold back from fulfilling our purpose or from exploring our purpose or when we try to push it and force it, which is kind of the flip side of that, things go wonky. We, we can't hit the target straight on because we've, we're kind of being dragged sideways by either the, by the voice of doubt or by this sense that we've got to make things happen, which really does come from a doubt as well. It's like, if I don't make this happen, it's not going to work. Either of those things can pull us off so we don't hit that target and that feels really painful. And the thought of our purpose becomes painful and that yearning becomes an ache. It's like it's instead of drawing us forward, it's it, it hurts. It's like somebody's put a hook in our flesh and is dragging us and 
and and it doesn't matter what we do that yearning unfulfilled feels really painful <clears throat> and here's the interesting thing <laughs> some of us came here to live a life where purpose was really clear from day one uh, my dad was one of these people he knew from the time he was a little boy what he wanted to do with his life he wanted to be a doctor he was really really clear and this is particularly about career for him for, for other people they know from very early on, for example, that they want to be a parent or they know from very early on that they want to serve in some way, they want to serve in, the, in their community or whatever it might be. Or look at someone like Yo-Yo Ma, the cellist. You know, you have artists who know that that's what they want to do and it's a passion for them. Whether they end up doing it as a career or not, that passion is with them right from the beginning and it never goes away, it never changes and it's very stable. And there are some of us, and I put myself in this, category, in this category, who planned, we came here with the plan of taking a much more meandering path. Um, I kind of, I semi-joke to people that I've had a very checkered career. And it's true. I was a professional puppeteer for a while. I worked on the movie Babe. I was, um, I worked in politics. I worked in um uh, digital 3D animation. I worked in uh, the union movement. I worked for Actors' Equity for a while as a union organiser. Uh, and now I'm working as a coach and astrologer. So I have this very meandering path. And what's interesting for those of us who do the meandering thing, we can actually look back and see our purpose laid out. It's really clear because every twist and turn in that journey, whenever I was following my guidance, and I didn't do it all the time. There were one or two times I took job day jobs that were awful. I hated them because they weren't living. I wasn't living my purpose. Um, similarly, I you know I have a, a, a marriage behind me that was not on target for my purpose either. Um, so there were there were you know there are points in time where things weren't as um, on target for my purpose as they could have been, and I can still look back and see that for the most part these different twists and turns. My purpose was being expressed at every time. I've done a bunch of different things. I've had different relationships. I've lived in, goodness knows, I've lived in a lot of different places. I've lived in several different cities in Australia. I've lived in the UK more than once. Um, so this sense of the kind of the wandering path is not necessarily a, a, a sign that my purpose isn't clear. I thought it was unclear, but it turns out it was clear. I just didn't recognize that. So there's a distinction here that I think is worth noting to say that when you are stepping into your power, when you're coming to this from that sense of power of authentic self and looking for that yearning, looking for that sense of purpose, enticing you forward and you follow it, sometimes depending on whether you <clears throat> planned to come here with a sort of single straight path or whether you like me came here like my dad or whether you came here like me to go on this much more meandering path whenever we follow our sense of power it doesn't matter whether we're using the straight path or the curvy path it still feels good where things come unstuck is where we either we do, there are two things that we might do one is that we might interpret a meandering path to mean that we don't know our purpose. Uh, and that's not necessarily true. If we've been following intuition and guidance, then we've been following our purpose. If, however, we've been denying our purpose and we've been doing things because we've been told we ought to or because you know, we didn't think we were big enough or clever enough or strong enough or brave enough 
to do the thing that calls us, that's when it becomes painful. And that may well also result in a meandering path, but it will be a different kind of meandering and it won't feel as nice. Um, so when, you come, when we're coming from doubt, it means our sense of purpose feels foggy and it feels, it feels off. It's like I said before, it's like that sense of um, being pulled off target by all of these little chitter-chattering voices in our heads that are telling us things that really, they're all lies. All that learnt stuff, it's all lies. Um, so that even when we land on it, sometimes the self-doubt can come up and can pull us off. There's a, um, a wonderful Australian uh, musician by the name of Missy Higgins, songwriter and uh, singer and, and musician, uh, she had her first success very young. She was still at school. She won a songwriting and performing competition um, with a national broadcaster in Australia and had a, an album out, was very successful. Uh, I think it had two to three albums out and then she decided to retire. She was in her early 20s and she just went, no, I, this isn't for me. It's not, she felt important enough that she ought to be doing something more with her life, etc., etc. So she went to university and studied politics. And politics or social justice, I'm not really, I can't really remember now. But the point is that she, she fell into that sense of self-doubt of going, this purpose is too, it, she almost felt it was too easy. It was too, there must be something more. There must be something more that I should be doing. It, I, it, I, it should be harder. You know, life should be a struggle if I'm going to make it matter. I can't make a difference just with music. So she went off and did her other stuff. And before long, within a few years, she, thankfully for all of us, for those of us who are fans, she came back to the music industry. Um, she came back to her sense of purpose. And the first album that she did when she came back was about that. It was about that sense of purpose and that sense of um, this, this is how I make a difference in the world is by expressing my purpose through music. So that was her... Um, that that it was very interesting to watch such a public uh, example of someone who'd found their purpose, lost it temporarily, and then got back on track again. And of course, the stuff that she did while she was away from the music industry, she brought a lot of that back with her in, in terms of the, the things she writes about and so on. Um, but the key here is, obviously, uh, how do we find our way back to that sense of purpose, back to that sense of empowerment so that we can stay on target or be on target more often than not because we don't want to be in pain. If there's one thing that we know about law of attraction is that if we can feel better, it's a good idea. <laughs> so how do we do that? I'm going to stop for a quick commercial break and we'll explore that when, I come, when we come back. Some people think that the stars dictate who we are or even what will happen to us but nothing could be further from the truth. You are the boss of you, and your stars simply reveal your most radiant and potent self. If you'd like to know exactly what they have to say, visit loastarmap.com and find out how I can help. So how do we stay in touch with our empowered approach to the sun? Because really this is what we want to do. We want to come to our sense of, our sense of purpose where, where our sun is placed from a place of, of empowerment rather than a place of self-doubt. One of the ways we do it is to honour whichever sign our sun is in. Um, and there are 
any number of astrology resources available that which will talk different signs. One of my favorites is goodvibeastrology.com, which is home to Kim Falconer, <clears throat> pardon me, and Jeanette Moore. Um, but there are, you know, there are others. There's Mystic Medusa. That's another one of my favorite ones. The key here is to come from, is to remember that to come from the authentic you. Um, and how do you know what is the authentic you? This is where, this is where I like to kind of turn around and look at the brain science, because I think we actually have some fairly clear guidelines here. First of all, we know that the authentic you. This is um, our, our strongest connection to our, our authentic self is what we would call inner guidance or intuition. Uh, and in brain science terms, this is our right brain. Uh, so this is, a, this is a, and when I talk about left and right brain, this is a model. This is not the, the, the literal anatomical brain. There, are, there is a relationship between the metaphorical version and the anatomical version, but they're, they're a bit different. But in the metaphorical model of the brain, we've got right brain, which is associated with intuition and lateral thinking and creativity and non-linearity. And then we've got left brain, which is associated with logic um, with uh, planning, um, with language, uh, it's and it's associated, it has a linear way of seeing the world. And when it comes to things like um, our relationship with intuition, we need to step away from that linear model of the world, that linear way of seeing the world, which is the province of our left brain, and and sidle up to, step into the more right brain way of seeing the world. Um, and that, can, that doesn't have to happen in really formal ways, although obviously there are ways of doing that. I'll talk about those in a moment. But it can happen in really um, momentary ways. When we get a spark of inspiration, we get a flash of intuition. Um, and one of the first things to remember to do is to, to have some way of capturing that. If we get this spark out of the blue that seems completely illogical, rather than sort of dismissing it and keeping on folding the laundry or whatever it is that you're doing, because that's often when it occurs to me is when I'm folding laundry. Um, the, the key is to go, ooh, I really like that. I really like that little flash. I'm going to jot that down. Uh, for me, it's Evernote on my phone, but for some people it's a notebook or whatever. So that right brain, as you do that, you're telling your right brain that you're paying attention. You're telling your inner guidance that you're open to suggestion. Uh, and that starts to get your brain, your whole brain, interested in what that part of you has to say. And similarly, all of your social learned beliefs, all of the stuff that is tied up with self-doubt, this is all activated when we bring our left brain into any decision making. So let me explain what I mean by that because that sounds a bit kind of uh, crazy. <laughs> It's, let's say we've got a decision to make about something. Uh, we're thinking about our purpose. We're thinking about what we want to do next in life, whatever that might be, whether it's with the relationship or with health or with whatever it might be. If we use our left brain, our logic to make a decision, and this is what most of us are taught to do in our culture, we tend to worship logic. You know, look at Star Trek. It's always Mr. Spock who's got the logical explanation. In fact, that's a really good model for the right brain, left brain thing. You've got Spock who's always about the logic and the science and the reason. We, we're human beings. We reason our way through things. Well, he's a Vulcan, but we reason our way through an argument. We, we work it all out logically. And then you've got bones representing the right brain. 
So the problem with making with letting logic and left brain make all these decisions for us is that it is linear. And we know from the brain science that our brain is likely to deliver us an experience of reality that matches whatever's gone before. Brain is really looking for and aware of evidence to prove what it already believes to be true. So if your brain has been stuffed full of messages of self-doubt, messages about you can't do what you want, you've got to go and have a sensible job, or messages about you, can't, you shouldn't settle down with a sensible job because you're an artist, so you should go and do what you love, whatever those messages have been from the outside, and many of them are well-meaning and they come from people who love us, but those messages are embedded within our brain's experience of the past. So when we try and do our decision-making from the place of logic, it's activating that sense of past, present, and future, which lives in our left brain. So it's not that our left brain is sort of the, 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 the source of this self-doubt. It's just that when we try to use left brain to make our decisions about what to do next or to try and figure out our purpose, very often the fact that we're using left brain triggers that linear relationship between past, present and future. If we can step completely away from that left brain for a moment and step into right brain, because right brain doesn't know about past, present and future. As far as your right brain is concerned, absolutely anything is possible. The moon could be made of cheese, cats could talk, whatever it might be. I'm sure cats do talk. I don't live with one, so I don't know. But your right brain believes in absolutely anything is possible. And that opens the door to this much more authentic conversation with our sense of purpose. This opens the door to our authentic self, to our inner guidance. So one of the things, so some of the things that we can do to practice letting our right brain kind of have more say or have a bit more balance in this, because we do need our left brain. If we've made a decision that, oh, I'm really inspired to go and open a cake shop, then of course we need our left brain on board because it's going to have to do the planning of looking up the recipes and or signing the lease and checking the contract and all that sort of stuff, working out who to employ, it's going to, it's going to have a part to play. I'm not saying we never use our left brain, but when it comes to this sense of purpose, opening the door to right brain is going to be really helpful. So some of the ways that we do that, which will both help to boost intuition and also help to quieten our sort of learned old lies uh, are things like meditation, not meditation on your sense of purpose. It, which it's just meditation in order to quieten the logical mind. <clears throat> yes, thoughts will come and go, but uh, if you if you've experienced meditation at all, you know that it's it, it can be quite um, it's a somewhat all over the place, and that's the whole point. Uh, it's free flowing. You want that free flowing energy. Um, the kinds of things that can give you a sense of connection to this authentic sense of purpose are things like envy. Begin to notice if you feel envy for something that you're watching. <clears throat> I used to feel terrible envy when I watched archaeology programs on TV and I couldn't figure out why. I had no desire to grub around in the dirt digging up bits of old skeleton until I realized that what really lights me up is the detective aspect of it of piecing together a story from little tiny clues. And that's what I do in my work as an astrologer and a coach. I put together, a, I, put together um, I, I deduce from the little bits and pieces of information and I put together possible theories and, and so on. So it, that was the thing for me is this process of discovery. 
that's a core value for me. That's another one that you can look at is your core values. As you look at your core values, <clears throat> um, you begin to get a sense of a pattern, connection. And you can look at core values based on things like when I've been having a good time before, what are, the, what are the essential ingredients that go to make up that good time? And when I was having a horrible time, what was missing? Was it things like connection, discovery, stability, excellence, uh, sense of curiosity or fun? Um, and you can, you can look at the times in your life where you've been in flow, when everything's been really easy and it's just flowed and... Hours have gone by without you realizing that you that you haven't moved for you know the last three hours and you haven't been for a pee yet. Um, whenever you have that kind of experience, there's a clue here about your authentic sense of purpose. Um, and you can you can look at that seed of yearning in terms of your sun sign. We're, the, the seed of yearning that feels wonderful, it feels really fabulous when you are when you are coming to it from a place of empowerment. That that sense of yearning feels fantastic when you're coming to it from this kind of larger version of you, and that very same thing will feel awful when you're coming to it with a sense of self doubt. That's a really strong uh, guide to tell you that that's that you've you've discovered your purpose. Now I know for me. For, and it took me a while to discover this. It's taken some some time and some investigating, but mine is choice. When I when I am coming to the concept of choice from a place of being in my power, it feels awesome. I love knowing that. But when I come to the concept of choice and I'm feeling powerless, there's nothing that feels worse. I you know I can look at all sorts of other topics like connection and uh, compassion and love and all the rest of it and none of them feels as horrible when I feel when I'm powerless as choice does that's my clue that choice is my particular overarching purpose um, but for my money one of the and one of the tools that I got to, to that I use to get there is is to look at my astrological chart so um, for those of you who know how to look at your chart have a look at where your sun is placed and have a look at it with from this these two different perspectives. Just play with that. Look at it from the perspective of how does that feel when I'm when I feel empowered, when I'm in my most authentic and potent self. And how does it feel? Does it feel different when I'm coming to it with all of that self-doubt? Because you will know if you've thought about it at all, you'll know the difference between those two feelings. And obviously the one you want to step into as much as possible is the feeling of empowerment. Um, if you're not familiar with your chart and you're not sure how to read it, then um, by all means, look for an astrological consult. Um, there are lots of good astrologers around. I would advise that you pick, get very picky and pick someone who knows law of attraction. Um, Kim Falconer and Mystic Medusa are two that come to mind. Uh, but here's the thing. You are the boss here boss of your brain you're the boss of your stars you're not the one who's kind of the, you're not a victim and you're not helpless here so anytime you start to get that sense of I don't know what I'm doing I don't understand my sun sign it's too hard whatever it might be question those doubting thoughts stop because your your true self doesn't believe in that doubting stuff at all so the key here is stop take some deep breaths 
And then imagine that, you remember that sun symbol that I talked about before? Imagine that there is a, that sun symbol, the circle and the dot in the center are drawn in fire on the ground and then step into the very center of that symbol. And just imagine that the fire is burning away all the self-doubt and it is fueling your certainty, your sense of empowerment, your sense of, you know what, I can do anything. Whatever this, this sense of purpose is that's calling me forward, I've got it within me. I would, it wouldn't be calling me forward if I didn't have it within me to fulfill this purpose. So you can just imagine that you're stepping into the center of that, standing right on the dot. <laughs> you can make it a nice big symbol if you like. <laughs> that, that helps. Make it take up the whole room. Um, stand on the center of the dot and just imagine that, 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 that the flames from the dot and the circle that surrounds you uh, bringing you that sense of balance, um, stability. doesn't matter which way up you look at it, it's still going to look like the same symbol. There's no upside down, there's no downside. That there is, this is fueling your sense of purpose, your sense of connection to who you really are. Um, and just allow it to, just bask in it, because it feels really nice when you do it. And then don't be surprised if you get a sudden insight or a sudden download or a sudden flash of inspiration in the middle of folding laundry or making a cup of tea or walking down the street. Just make sure you've got some way of capturing it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this has been um, interesting and helpful. And uh, I'm, uh, I, I love doing this chat about astrology and I look forward to meeting up with you again soon. All right, folks. Bye.